At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare this is the nightcap on vsin the sports betting network Welcome back. This is our number two of the nightcap coming to you from the VEASAN studios here at the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. Femi Bebefe alongside Scott Seidenberg here talking a little college hoops and to help us get ready for tomorrow's slate and to discuss what we could see going down the road. We bring in Tom Casale, college basketball analyst over at NBC Sports Edge. Tom, we appreciate you joining us here this evening. And I got to start out because I know you're a big picture guy. You like to attack the futures market. Are there any national title futures plays that you're sort of eyeing as we're less than three weeks away from Selection Sunday? Yeah, there's not a ton of value on the board. You know, I, I'm sitting on Auburn at 70 to 1, Kentucky at 20 to 1, Kansas at 18 to 1, and UConn at 60 to 1. You know, UConn's sitting around 100 to 1 now if you like them. But th- those are what I bet earlier, and I'm kind of sitting in a good situation. You know, the last time I was on the show, I mentioned Texas Tech. They were around 30, 35 to 1. Um, and I heard you talking before we came on. Now there are projected two seeds, so that, that value isn't quite there at a lot of books anymore. And one thing to remember about Texas Tech, uh, and I like this team long term, but they're unbeaten at home and three and five on the road. You know, they don't play the NCAA tournament in Lubbock. <laughs> so just something to keep in mind there with Texas Tech. I think a lot of the value's gone. Some of the bigger teams that, you know, going a little bit under the radar, UCLA, who hasn't been healthy. I mean, I don't particularly like UCLA, but if you like them, they're sitting at a good number right now, still haven't been healthy. And another team that's going to be interesting in the tournament that hasn't been healthy is Baylor. You know, let's see if the Bears get, you know, we know some of their guys are out for the season, but, you know, Flagler came back last game, looked good. We're still waiting on Cryer. But when they have their guards, they're going to be tough. So that's another team sitting out there with a pretty decent number. Let's say uh, Villanova, what a, what a crazy ending that was to the game here between Villanova <laughs> and Wisconsin and, uh, and uh, UConn. But uh, if Villanova wins the Big East tournament and they find themselves as maybe the top three seed in the tournament, and that could mean potentially in the East region playing in the regional final in Philadelphia on their home floor at plus 400 to make the final four. Anything there with Villanova futures? 
Yeah, Villanova is tough for me because I don't think they're as talented as a lot of the other, uh, you know, bigger schools this year. But they have a great coach. You know, they're going to be ready to play in the tournament. The, you know, last year I didn't. They didn't have any business playing with Baylor, and they still mm-hmm. fought them tough for most of that game. So playing in Philadelphia is going to be an edge. This is what I'll say about this tournament. A lot's going to be decided when we see the brackets because this is going to be a crazy one. There's going to be some upsets. There's going to be teams like a Murray State, a Chattanooga, a Vermont that might get into the Sweet 16. There's going to be a lot of stuff going on. Eight, nine seeds are going to give one seeds a tough game in that second round. There's no dominant teams this year. Even a team like Auburn, you know, who I have invested in heavily, I mean, they're struggling to beat teams on the road now. I mean, sometimes teams peak too early, so we'll have to see. But yeah, if Villanova gets a good seed like that in a good region, certainly they can make the final four. We're speaking with Tom Casale, college basketball analyst for NBC Sports Edge. Tom, you mentioned Auburn. Well, I want to ask you about the Tigers. They've been so inconsistent to me away from home there, but they're likely going to be a one seed at worst case scenario, two seed. Can we trust this team come March and come tournament time? I still like the makeup of the team in a one-and-done situation. They have what I think is the best front line in college basketball. Their guards can play. They defend well. It's weird because they're having trouble scoring on the road. Given all their firepower, it's odd. The thing I like about Auburn is this. I think they're upset-proof for the first two games. Because of their size and the paint, they're going to crush whoever they play in the first round. And I think they'll have a good advantage in the second round. Then once you get to the Sweet 16, all that, you know, we lost uh, we lost at Florida. It doesn't matter anymore, right? Then it's really about matchups. So I still think the Tigers match up well with teams, and I think they'll get to the Sweet 16. Then we'll see what happens from there. I'm with you. There is a thing about teams peaking a little early. Did Auburn peak a little early? We're going to find out. Listen, they get blown out at Tennessee. I- I'm going to start hitting the panic button. <laughs> I want to take it to the Big Ten here for a moment. Uh, which team in your mind has the potential to make the deepest tournament run? By deepest tournament run, do you mean Sweet 16? <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, I don't love the Big Ten. Listen, Purdue's obviously got the offensive talent if they get the right matchups. But again, I think Purdue's one of those one seeds. Watch out who they play in sure, that second sure. round. Their defense is just not good enough to carry them when their offense isn't hitting. I mean, they have a stud in, in Ivy at guard, which can get them a long way. So I would lean Purdue. You know, the other one I would probably say, I don't like a lot of the mid-tier Big Ten teams. I think they're going to go home early. And nothing says Wisconsin is good. No metric, nothing. You know, but they 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 win games. Wisconsin and Providence are mind-boggling. You know, you, can't, you just don't know how they keep winning games. But I think at some point, something has to be said about teams that win games, especially teams that can go on the road and win games. Well, what do you think about this Michigan team? We all saw the incident Sunday after they lost to Wisconsin. There, Juwan Howard suspended for the remainder of the regular season. How do you think the Wolverines respond to close out this regular season in general and then starting tomorrow night as they're laying five and a half at home against Rutgers? Yeah, that's a tough one because so much has happened for Michigan this season, and now we had the ugly incident on Sunday. It'll be interesting to see how, you know, I was disappointed in the effort against Ohio State last Saturday, not just because I bet them, but <laughs> I thought this might be a team that might be turning the corner. Then they go and lay an egg against Ohio State at home. That's been their issue all year is consistency. So we're going to have to see how they come out. I mean, listen, the metrics love them. 
I still think they have a good chance to get in the tournament. And in terms of talent, they still have it. So, you know, I don't like a lot of the Big Ten teams, but if Michigan snuck in there and won a couple games, I wouldn't be shocked. Better for Kentucky to be a one seed or a two seed? Probably a two seed. I mean, I, I don't think, think so it matters. As well. Yeah, I, the you know, the Kentucky matches up well with a lot of teams. Mm-hmm. That's why I took them a, a while back at twenty to one. I just when Ty Ty Washington, you know, came on and started to become a you know a, a really elevated his game. That guard play, you know, when Calipari has good teams, they play defense, and this team defends. They're tough down low. You know, I, I kind of like LSU a little bit tomorrow with the points, only because Kentucky's beat up at the guard position and they're not facing Alabama. With which I think is just a joke of a defensive basketball team. So I think that'll be more of a grind. But long-term, I mean, Kentucky matches up well with Gonzaga. With I mean, we saw they match up well with Kansas. Uh, we saw that. So they're going to be a tough out whether they're a one or a two seed. We were talking about Duke and the ACC tournament yesterday. And now Duke tomorrow, they'll be taking on Virginia in that revenge spot down there in Charlottesville, laying about four and a half or five, depending on where you shop here. But in terms of the ACC tournament, the Blue Devils are minus 125 to win it. The field is minus 105. So are you taking Duke or the field in the ACC tourney? In the major uh, conferences, there's no bigger gap in a tournament for me than Duke and everybody else. It, it just they're so far superior everywhere to every other. And I, and I don't think Duke is that great. I don't think this is a great Duke team. But the ACC is so down. You know, normally on these things, I would take the field because you're just getting your odds are better that someone's going to knock off Duke. But in terms of on paper, looking at them against some of these other ACC teams and the success Coach K has had in that tournament, I think they're going to be tough to beat. But uh, a Miami, a Wake Forest, you know, a, a Virginia on the right day could knock them off. So forced to take it, I would take the field. What is the ceiling for UCLA? How deep of a run can the Bruins have? You know, I have a love-hate relationship with UCLA. It depends <laughs> on which game I'm watching. <laughs> but, uh, you know, in, in terms of depth, right, when they're healthy, their depth, is, you know, at guard, it's impressive. So, again, this is going to be one of those uh, where do they land, who are they playing. The, the I thought they would be a little bit more consistent. The It bothers me that they haven't been because the Pac-12 is so bad. It's awful. Uh, So that's the one thing. But again, they haven't been fully healthy. So I do think they are an elite eight team. I think that's probably their ceiling when they start running into some of these bigger front lines. That's their weakness. And that's where they could have trouble. I know you keep tabs of the Mountain West Conference. And we have an interesting game tomorrow night between Wyoming and Colorado State. Any early lean on the side of the total? The Rams laying six total 144. We got about 90 seconds left. Yeah, I think those spreads a little high. I think it should be closer to four or five. So I think there's some value with my Wyoming. I think they match up well with Colorado State down low. The I, I would lean the Cowboys. The, yeah, listen, you're giving me six points in a Mountain West game. That's like 14 <laughs> in a regular game, right? So I'll take the dog every time there. Are we fading UConn after the uh, storm the court here against uh, Villanova? Are we fading them in their next game against Georgetown? I would fade them if they played anybody else but Georgetown. <laughs> yeah, I, I love fading the storm the court. You know, I hey, it Arkansas worked against State. Florida tonight. <laughs> yeah, 
I was just going to say, I had Arkansas tonight, yep. but Arkansas is a real basketball team. Uh, uh, UConn can probably wake up an hour before the game and beat Georgetown. So I'm going to have to take a pass on that. But normally I like that strategy. I completely agree. There's going to be no Hoya paranoia going on with this show here today. But he is Tom Casale, college basketball analyst over at NBC Sports Edge. Tom, it's been an absolute pleasure, and we hope to talk to you soon. Great. Thanks a lot for having me, guys. Thanks, Tom. <laughs> That's funny stuff. I want to do it, but <laughs> you were telling me about Michigan State is a plug your nose special. Yeah. Georgetown <laughs> is a plug your nose special there. I mean, my goodness, who wants to get involved <clears throat> with that team? But I think the point he brought up, though, about the Auburn Tigers, we asked him about them, if they have any concerns going forward. Their size makes them first weekend proof. And I think that's a good thing to keep in mind sure. when you're looking at the futures market. Yeah, absolutely. But again, it, are they going to be the one seed playing against an 8-9 winner? Or are they going to be a two going up against a 7-10 winner? I think that changes a lot because of the caliber of teams that could be there. Yeah, the 10 seed could be a really good mid-major team. The 7 seed could maybe be a team that also is a power five team that can match them from a physicality And 8-9 is going to be a power five teams. 8-9 likely to be a power yeah. five team or a really, really good mid-major yeah. like a Loyola-Chicago situation last year that Illinois had to deal with there as a number one seed. On the other side, what the heck is Aaron Rodgers doing and will we get a conclusion soon? We're going to talk about it next. This is the Nightcap. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The Nightcap, coming to you from the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. Femi Bebefe alongside Scott Seidenberg. We're sweating out college basketball games. We just had Tom Casale on of NBC Sports Edge. Had a lot of really good information for us. Looking forward to the bracket because, sure. believe it or not, Selection Sunday less than three weeks away. But it is also February 22nd. 2022, like two, you two, mentioned. 2-2 two, two, Tuesday. Deuces are wild here on a <laughs> Tuesday night. But Aaron Rodgers, and we talked about this because the, his IG post, the news broke last night around 9 o'clock in our final hour there, and we knew there'd be a little aftermath coming up today. Now, he went on the Pat McAfee show earlier this morning, and, of course, in classic Aaron Rodgers fashion, kind of just played with us and trolled us and said, hey, I actually don't have an announcement 
Uh, but uh, hope all is well, guys. <laughs> he finished. He finished a cleanse. Yes, and well. was feeling very uh, reflective and uh, full of gratitude. If you don't know, look up the cleanse because it is something. It's it, it's dealing with a purge and from both do? ends. Was it ayahuasca? <laughs> is, is that what he was doing? I have no idea. I mean, something yeah. karma, something. I, I don't even <laughs> want to get in it because it, 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 actually it's just grotesque. However. But he did leave the door open for the uncertainty now, and that's going to be the big story this mm -hmm. week in the NFL. And as we approach the combine, I'm sure there'll be a lot more discussions about Aaron Rodgers and will he retire, will he return to the Green Bay Packers, or will he maybe ask for a trade and go elsewhere like a Denver Broncos to reunite with Nathaniel Hackett. So DraftKings has the market up for Aaron Rodgers' next team, and the favorite is the Green Bay Packers at minus two. 50. The Broncos are plus 350. 49ers, 8 to 1. Then you have the Indianapolis Colts, 10 to 1, which you brought up a really interesting kind of tie in there with the Colts. Steelers, 12 <laughs> to 1. Bucks, 14 to 1. And the Titans and Saints at 20 to 1. But I mean, I don't even know how, like, how we can even begin to like pinpoint where this guy might go because on any given day, it feels like he could change his mind or come up with them or some other kind of idea and some sort of reason to go to another team or so. The, the thing with uh, the 49ers as high on that list as possible, and it's only because of, you know, him being a NorCal kid and wanting mm -hmm. to go to the 49ers and thinking that he was going to get drafted by them and whatnot. But they invested the third overall pick in Trey Lance. And the conversation this offseason is about moving on from Jimmy Garoppolo to make sure that Trey Lance is the starter. Yes, I know. Of course, you'd rather have Aaron Rodgers. But think about how that now sets back your organization because you had a dead draft pick at third overall yep. who's now wasting time on your bench. And by the time you play him, I don't know what you're going to get out of him. So it's just it's to me it makes no sense for the 49ers to be involved there in that conversation. Yeah, we're going to ask Eric Eager of Pro Football Focus on the other side about Aaron Rodgers and the uncertainty where he thinks he might end up, whether retiring or asking for a trade or staying with the Green Bay Packers. Because staying with the Green Bay Packers intrigues me. It's minus 250, and the reason why I bring it up is because we discussed the paths to success in the NFL based on what the teams are sure. in their current situations. And the current situation in the NFC North is you have the Minnesota Vikings, who have Kirk Cousins right now on the hook for $45 million hmm. in terms of his cap hit. You have the Detroit Lions, who are in year two of a rebuild under Brad Holmes, the GM, and Dan Campbell, the head coach. And then you have the Chicago Bears, who have a first-year head coach in Matt Eberflus and a second-year quarterback in Justin Fields. The Packers have owned this division. Everything that we see on paper yep. in 2022 means they should probably own it again. Sure. Why not just stay in Green Bay there? Because he could just want another challenge. And think about what it's been like for not just the entirety of his career, but specifically the past several years. Remember, he did not want Matt LaFleur to be the head coach. There was a lot of reports about uh, them two getting along and, well, what do you know? The marriage works out. They win 13 games, three straight years. Never happened in NFL history. Two MVPs team. later. Two MVPs. They go to two NFC Championship games and lose. They should have won against the Bucs. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, just run for the first down, dude. Just run. I mean, it's right there. Just run for the first down. Uh, and then the disappointing bow out of the playoffs this year where mm -hmm. I still don't know how. I mean, listen, a blocked punt. And, and that's, that, that's how they don't go to the NFC Championship game. Excuse me. This was their best chance to win a Super Bowl mm -hmm. this year. I don't know what the Packers are going to look like next year. There's definitely going to be pieces that will be missing 
from what he's had over the past couple of years. Devontae Adams could be gone. Uh, there, there could be other pieces they're missing on that defense and on that offense, so on offensive line. So uh, he could just want another challenge, could just want a new scenario. To me, because I started to think about this after he made his non-announcement on Pat McAfee's show earlier this morning, and I was like, you know what? It shouldn't be a surprise that he didn't say anything because it almost feels like he wants to stay, but he wants mm. to continue to hold this Green Bay Packers front office to the fire. And what happened today? Today was the first day to apply the franchise tag. Sure. And the teams have until March 8th to apply the franchise tag to a player. His buddy, Devontae Adams, is a pending free agent. Mm -hmm. Maybe this was a ploy to make sure hey, before I commit to anything, I need to make sure that you guys at least tag him, if not come to some sort of agreement in terms of a long-term extension. That, to me, almost because I know everything is much better right now than it was last offseason mm -hmm. in terms of Mark Murphy and Brian Gutekunst and his relationship with those guys, but I don't think Aaron Rodgers fully trusts them because they were the same guys who drafted Jordan Love while he was coming off of the season to where he led them to the NFC title game. And if you're the Green Bay Packers, would you want to have Aaron Rodgers do this to you to hold you hostage to go through an offseason yeah. again like you had last offseason with the will he won't he retire scenario do you want that again think about it. they came out of the gate this past season and got absolutely trounced by the New Orleans Saints in a game that they were not prepared for. And none of the starters played in the preseason. Now, listen, from that moment on, they wound up being the best team in football. And mm. obviously the season didn't end the way they wanted it to end. But you got to imagine that Matt LaFleur doesn't want to go through another offseason dealing with what he dealt with last offseason. Especially because things are now back on track as far as timing and the calendar goes. Yeah. They're not affected by the COVID circumstances anymore. So... <laughs> Make a decision sooner rather than later. And if you can't make a decision, we might just tell you to walk. Yep, we might make the decision for yes, you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and, and trade you for as much as we can get or, or what we can get out of you. Because, yeah, to me, it's – I was looking around before he made his announcement. I was like, all right, let me fire up the sports books and see where the Packers' odds are at. Because I think that if Rodgers is back and Devontae Adams is back, I don't think they can be 16-1 to 1 or 14-1 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. they got to be in that 12-to-run sure. range. Yeah. I think just because of the path – to get to a number one seed in mm -hmm. the NFC for them. And I was well, you can pencil them in for 13 wins already. Exactly. I mean, they're playing yeah. one of the worst divisions in football. And I was looking at the odds, and over at the Westgate, I saw that the Denver Broncos, their odds have now dropped to 25 to 1. They were mm -hmm. hanging out at 20 to 1 or so. Now they're down to 25 to 1, almost indicating like, hey, this whole Denver and Rodgers thing that people keep talking about might not happen. So I ask you, now it's no guarantee he returns to Green Bay. If he does not go to Denver, where else could he go if he does desire a new destination here in 2022? I still think the Colts provide him a team that's ready to win a Super Bowl right now. In a division that is winnable, in a league that sure is more difficult, but indoors, you don't have to worry about the weather anymore. There, there, will, there, there won't be another cold Lambeau <laughs> NFC divisional round game, yeah, no right? Snow flurries where, 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 you know, where there, no one's going to score because it's so frigid. So you don't have to worry about that at all if you're playing in Indianapolis. Uh, granted, it could be freezing outside, but everything's connected in that city. Uh, they got tunnels everywhere. Yeah, the media so, members will tell you about that. Yeah, too. exactly. <laughs> so uh, I think he'll be very comfortable there in that situation with the coaching staff they have there 
there with the offensive weapons that they have there. So to me, it makes the most sense. Uh, but real quick, you mentioned the Packers and the potential for them to uh, be another successful team next year. This is, these are their opponents. The division we know about. Mm-hmm. They play the NFC East, so Giants, Cowboys, Commanders. All, all juggernauts. All juggernauts, <laughs> right? They play the AFC East, so it's Bills, Dolphins, Patriots. Mm-hmm. And then they'll play the Bucks. We don't know who the Bucks are going to be. Yeah. And the Titans, but the Titans game is at home. It's a very favorable schedule. And it's always that's a 13 win schedule that, right there. It's always gonna if be not more. It's always and like to me, like the Denver thing, just I get the Hackett connection and maybe he wants to go out there and their roster is absolutely loaded and just a quarterback away, but it is also the path of most resistance because you have Kansas City and you have LA, the Chargers, who are coming up as a kind of upcoming team here with $50 million in cap space and an awesome quarterback that everybody loves. Like, mm-hmm. to me, it's like you're going into the lion's den. Why not just hang out in the kiddie pool where you're the big dog and you can just beat up on the little, on the little brothers? Like, you know, why not do that to get to the Super Bowl? Anyway, a long shot, though, Tennessee Titans. I mean, there was whispers of him buying land in Nashville, but I don't Ooh. think they'll be able to get out of uh, Ryan Tannehill's contract out there <laughs> in Tennessee. <laughs> but it would be interesting, though, 20 to 1. Is he going to like handing the ball off 30 times a game? Uh, doesn't seem like he would. Does not <laughs> seem like he would, but maybe that'll help him age better. You know, he's getting up there long in the tooth, Aaron Rodgers. So that's Aaron Rodgers. We're going to ask Eric Eager of Pro Football Focus where he thinks Rodgers might play in 2022. This is the nightcap rolling along here on VCN V. Sports Betting Network. This is the Nightcap on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back. This is the Nightcap coming to you from the VEASAN studios here at the Circa Resort and Casino. Femi Abebefe alongside Scott Seidenberg here holding things down for Tim and Sean. You can catch them on Follow the Money this week as we are in to enjoy this two times Tuesday or whatever the hell (laughs) we're calling it. Um, But we were talking a little Aaron Rodgers in the previous segment and to help us talk a little more about QB number 12 and the two-time reigning MVP, we bring in Eric Eager of Pro Football Focused. He is one half of the PFF forecast out there at Pro Football Focus. Eric, we appreciate you joining us this evening. Ultimately, just we got to start with Rodgers. What do you think happens with him? Is he going to retire? Is he going to get traded? Is he going to stay with the Packers? How do you think this ends? Yeah, I think of the three outcomes, the least likely one is that he moves on to a different team. I think the Packers are kind of committed to yeah, committed to to winning, uh, you know, and being all in the way that they currently are. Um, and I think trading him is going to be hard because you look at all the other teams in the that they, where he could go, and it doesn't feel like there's a better alternative for him. You know, people will say Denver, but if you go to Denver. You're facing, uh, you know, a Chargers team that has a really good quarterback in Justin Herbert, and a Chiefs team that's hosted four straight AFC Championship games. Uh, so, uh, you know, whereas in the NFC North, the Vikings might trade Kirk Cousins, the Bears are kind of a mess, and Detroit's Detroit. I can't think of another, you know, sort of better place for him to be um, from a football standpoint. 
Yeah, if you look at the Green Bay Packers schedule next season, or at least their opponents, you can pencil them in for another 13-win season should Aaron Rodgers be there. Uh, how soon do you think uh, we get this decision from the team and Aaron Rodgers? Because you got to believe that Matt LaFleur does not want to go through another offseason like they did last year with the whole will-he-won't-he he retirement thing. Yeah, for sure. And, I, you know, the league year is coming up. I mean, a month from now we'll have free agency or so on. Uh, so I think it'll probably be before then. We have seen high-profile quarterbacks get traded, uh, you know, during this time period. I mean, we saw Alex Smith get traded well before the Super Bowl in 2018. We saw, you know, Matthew Stafford traded in January of 2021. So that, it, you know, they, they could trade him any time now. Um he can make a decision anytime now, too. I will say this in 2007. Now, this was a different regime, but th this does set a precedent. Um, you know, it was right around spring break where Brett Favre retired for the first time in 2008. Um, so, uh, you know, that that might be the time frame. And, and legend has it, uh, Jeff Perlman's book, The Gunslinger, they, they pushed Favre very, very heavily to make that decision. Uh, I think that they'll do the same thing with Rodgers here, push him into a into a spot where he has to make a decision are you playing are you not playing are you playing for us or you're not playing at all that type of thing i think it's probably going to still be a few weeks um but but i don't necessarily think this is going to drag into the summer uh the way it did last year so if you're going to bet on some green bay futures lucky for you you're not going to have to wait until august uh to get a to get a number that makes sense we're speaking with Eric Eager, host of the Pro Football Focused Forecast. So, Eric, at DraftKings right now, to stay with the Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers minus 250, would that entice you to, to lay that kind of juice there? I don't – I mean, the the limits are lower on those as well, which is, mm -hmm. you know, I think, you know, helpful for this discussion. But um, I don't necessarily know. I think that's probably fair. Um you know, the, the Broncos at plus 350, I don't necessarily even believe that's a value either. Uh, you know, places like the Steelers might offer value at 12 to 1. Uh, the Colts are an interesting one as well. Um, you know, I think you probably have to go for a longer shot to make sense there. But no, I think those first couple, you know, the Packers, Broncos, and Niners, I think those are fair, fair, fair prices for right now. You mentioned how that we're approaching the new league year next month. Free agency is going to get underway. Is there a team that you're sort of eyeing in the futures market to win the Super Bowl, maybe get ahead of a possible move in free agency that you think prevents a little bit, provides, I should say, a little bit of value right now in February? Yeah, and this number actually moved a little bit, at least if you looked at division uh, odds. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens, uh, you know, they were plus 225 when it opened to win the AFC North. Um, that's now two to one. Um, they're 20 to one or so. Uh, to win the uh, Super Bowl, um, and, and I like that number. Look, the the, the top four um, cap hits for the Ravens this year uh, are Lamar Jackson, Ronnie Stanley, Marcus Peters, and Marlon Humphrey. Uh, those are four guys. The the Ravens started the season eight and three, despite injuries to Stanley, despite injuries to Peters um, and, and Lamar Jackson. Frankly, um, once Marlon Humphrey went down, that team lost six consecutive games. Um, and they were snake bitten all around the roster, you know, legend about the running backs. Obviously, you know, they knew what they were getting into with Sammy Watkins, but he got injured as well. Um, you know, Rashad Bateman started the year on IR. Um, they have a great coach. Uh, John Harbaugh is a, a fantastic football mind. Um, you know, Roman has his issues, but um, I think Lamar Jackson covers up all of, a lot of them and more when he's healthy. Um, Lamar Jackson might be on a contract year as well. 
Um, and, and so I like the Ravens not only to take the AFC North, but I like them to be far better than 20 to one uh, to win the Super Bowl for the first time since 2012. Can I entice you on a couple of long shots out of the NFC East in the Philadelphia Eagles and the Washington Commanders jumping on the numbers now at 40 to 1 and 50 to 1 and hoping that one of those teams lands a marquee quarterback, whether it's a Deshaun Watson or maybe a Russell Wilson? I'll do you one better. I actually like the other team in that division. Uh, I like the New York Giants. And I know, look, they. Hey, listen, I'm on Daniel Jones to be comeback player of the year. Because yeah, I do were, think that were, Dable's going to have a big impact on him. Yeah, when I bet it initially, it was 10 to 1. Uh, when you look at their schedule, um, you know, they, the well, all these teams. Like, if you look at, at the a- NFC East in the win total market, I don't think I'd bet any of them under. And the reason why, they get the NFC North, which we talked about, not a great division. They get the AFC South, which is the worst division in football and has been for a long time. So they're going to get buoyed with, you know, and, and then, you know, just how by chance occurrence alone, two of those teams in that division are going to be terrible. Yep. We don't know which two. They could be <laughs> Dallas for all we know. But what, two of those teams in that division are going to be terrible. So it, to me, I, I think when I look at the Giants, I actually liked them last year. Uh, at least a little bit as a long shot bet because you know you have Andrew Thomas emerging. You have two top two picks in the top uh, ten, I believe. Um, you also have uh, you know Kadarius Tony, Kenny Galladay, uh, you know uh, a couple other guys who can like sort of round out that receiving core depending upon who they keep. And then on the defensive side of the ball, that's never been a problem. Patrick Graham has had that team doing really good, you know, good things with Leonard Williams. Uh, you know, I know Jabril Peppers is a free agent. They got to resolve that, but James Bradbury has been wonderful. Uh, Xavier McKinney's a great player. Uh, you know, even at Martinez, the linebacker that came over from green Bay has had a career rebirth there. So there's talent on that roster. Um, and you know, Dable has assembled a really good coaching staff. So I think Dallas is rightfully the favorite. And I think the, their market number at minus 165 makes sense to me. If they were to falter, I actually think the Giants are the team out of those three to sort of emerge uh, and be the team that takes it over in sort of a Blake Bortles Zian way uh, in the same way that Bortles did in year four for the Jaguars in 2017, propping that team up with a, with a good outside roster. Eric, you mentioned Brian Dable. He's gotten a lot of rave reviews. Joe Shane, the GM out there, that whole Buffalo Meadowlands connection that they got going on with the New York Giants. Of the nine head coaching hires that we saw this hiring cycle, is Dable the guy that you would point to that you have the most confidence in, or is there another head coaching hire that really piques your interest? Well, yeah, as we talk about betting, I think the other one, and they've gone from 14 to 1 to 12 to 1 to win the division since it opened. Um, at least on DraftKings, I like I like Doug Peterson to steady the ship in Jacksonville. I know that those are famous last words uh, to talk about Jacksonville, given all all every season but one over the last I believe ten years has been a six win or less uh, season. But um, you know, for them, they have kind of the formula that the Bengals have. They have a a, a first overall pick quarterback coming off of. Uh, his rookie year, they have weapons, Etienne, uh, Chenault, uh, you know, whether they bring back DJ Chark or and Marvin Jones, is a, you know, is a question offensive line where there are some pieces that they need to put into place, but they have the salary cap space and some athletic players on defense. So, um, you know, if, if Doug Peterson can just even get the thing on the green, hmm. you got two games against the Colts, you got two games against the Houston Texans. And, and I think the Tennessee Titans 
uh, are eventually going to hit a wall, uh, you know, by by virtue of, you know, Derrick Henry only having a little bit left in the tank and Ryan Tannehill being a little bit overpaid for what he produces. So I, I think the Jaguars, I think Doug Peterson's going to surprise people in that spot. Real quick, uh, if I give you Carson Wentz or the field, who's the quarterback in Indianapolis next season? I think it's the field. I, I you know, I, I really like Chris Ballard, and I think this is an instance where he's not going to double down on a bad bet. Okay. Yeah, I still can't believe they gave up a first-round pick for Carson Wentz. He is Eric Eager, host of the Pro Football Focus Forecast. You can catch all his great work over there at PFF. Eric, we appreciate you joining us this evening and hope to talk soon. We'll talk a little NFL draft. How about that? It can't wait, guys. Thanks for having me on. Take it easy, Eric. Yeah, that's uh, that, that, that Colts. They're I moving mean, on from him, yeah. The way that season ended, just such a disaster. Mm-hmm. But he brought up the Jacksonville Jaguars. And the Jacksonville is so interesting to me because of Doug Peterson stabilizing things. Trevor Lawrence hopefully be able to make that kind of mm-hmm. year or two jump there. And they got a lot of cap space. And ETN hasn't even played yet. ETN so, has yeah. not played yet. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll see how that unfolds out there in Jacksonville. We talked a little Aaron Rodgers with Eric. Well, there's two other high-profile quarterbacks who could be playing for another team in 2022. We'll discuss the QB carousel on the other side. <laughs> this is the nightcap here at VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Nightcap on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. Need more college basketball insight? Check out the podcast Coast to Coast Hoops. Greg Hoops Peterson will look at every major and some of the minor college basketball games on the upcoming schedule to find betting opportunities. Greg has an opinion on every single college hoops game of the season. And on this podcast, he provides his unique insights and looks for those games that have solid betting opportunities. Download Coast to Coast Hoops now at vcin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, catch up on every vcin show as well. Welcome back. This is the Nightcap coming to you from the Circa Resort and Casino. Femi Bebefe alongside Scott Seidenberg. We just had Eric Eager on in the last segment from Pro Football Focus. Always a pleasure to have Eric on. Really knowledgeable stuff with the NFL. And we're talking about some of the QB carousel going on. Mm-hmm. Rodgers, he said that he's probably the most likely thing to happen is that he returns to Green Bay yeah. of the three possibilities. Uh, doesn't think that Carson Wentz will return. But let's talk about 
a couple more quarterbacks as the carousel continues to spin around as we are now waist deep into the NFL offseason. And I want to start with Deshaun Watson. Now, legal issues aside here, if once that gets cleared up, the indication is that he's likely going to play on the football field once again. He didn't play in 2021. And the market right now, there are odds for Watson's next team. And the favorite, Scott, in this market is the Washington Commanders at plus 300. Then you have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at plus 350. They, of course, had Tom Brady retire after 21 seasons, two with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And then there's a pretty big drop-off to Pittsburgh and New Orleans at 9-1. to Minnesota and Houston at 10-1. to Man, Houston 10-1, to but it doesn't sound like he'll ever play there again. Denver also at 10-1. to And then the Seattle Seahawks at 14-1. to That'll bring us up with another guy that we have to talk about this segment. But when you look at the odds board for Watson, what jumps out to you as his next team? I can't – I know that Washington has picked up a lot of steam, Femi, but – I just don't think that Dan Snyder and that organization would want to deal with any sort of backlash. Yeah, and it, and it would con- come. Considering the investigations that are already, you know, still going and, and everything with that team, yep. right? Why even put yourself in that situation to open yourself to any sort of criticism or backlash or whatever with Deshaun Watson? So I, I don't buy it here with Washington. It just does not make sense. Um I think the Steelers are interesting. They mm-hmm. absolutely need a quarterback, and Mike Tom- Mike Tomlin seems like the right coach to kind of maybe get the most out of Deshaun Watson while straightening his head out. Mm-hmm. Um, and after all, there was a time when Ben Roethlisberger had his own issues, right? Yep. And, yeah. and they seem to have moved on from that. Um, so I can see Pittsburgh being a landing spot for Deshaun Watson. Uh, and then, you know, you look at some other quarterback needy teams, anybody on that list would take him as far as his playmaking ability, but as far as the fit with the coach, with the system, with the fan base, who would probably be the most, I don't want to say comfortable, but the most uh, accepting of him, I I think it's the Pittsburgh Steelers. And the point that you brought up with Washington, I think is the big one there, because right now with the commanders, the block is too hot. Like you can't bring in more of Mm -hmm. this with what's going on, the investigations that are going on in that organization. I was a little surprised to not see the Carolina Panthers. I was just going to say that. that. Why list. not? Why not Carolina? David Tepper was really, I mean, before the civil suits and all that stuff came mm-hmm. out last offseason, it sounded like Carolina was really ready to go guns blazing forward to Sean Watson. Yeah. And now maybe that's hung them up. I was like, hey, we don't want anything to do with them, even if things get cleared up. But I was surprised because they are a QB needy team. Yep. And if they get the quarterback, if they got a Watson, I mean, Hell, they'll probably be the favorite to win that division. And you look at that fan base who would welcome him with open arms considering they watched him at Clemson for all those yep, years. Not so too far from that it's, area. It's, of course they would welcome him in there. Uh, I, think it, I think it makes total sense. It makes, it makes a lot of sense there. Um, you'd have to start to look at, like, any Matt Rule connections with any of these quarterbacks, mm-hmm. you know, uh, where you would look at in terms of do they want to go with somebody in the draft uh, Kenny Pickett obviously picking up steam. We heard the, the story about him committing to Temple before yep. going to Pitt. So uh, there's something there. But he makes sense. He makes sense in Carolina, more so than I think in Washington. I think Tampa is definitely um, a spot and a destination for him. Mm-hmm. Just be, and I don't, I don't know how much they would want to get rid of draft picks. It would probably take quite a bit yeah. in terms of a trade. But, I mean, Bruce Arians is there. I mean, they, he's – 
not been afraid to bring on guys who have checkered pasts. Mm -hmm. I mean, we saw sure. the Antonio Brown thing kind of blew up in their face at the end of the season, but they also did bring in Antonio Brown. Now, I think Tom Brady had a lot to do with why he ultimately ended up in Tampa Bay there. But if Bruce Arians, who's looking for a quarterback, that roster is ready-made. Now, they could lose Chris Godwin in free agency, but you still have Mike Evans. You still have those young receivers. They drafted Scotty Miller, uh, Tyler Johnson. Those guys, the offensive line is, um, it would be the best O-line that Watson's ever played with. Mm -hmm. I mean, that Tampa team still has quite a bit of talent. And if he goes there, they once again are the favorites in the NFC South. Surprised I didn't see the New Jersey Generals of the uh, USFL on that list. Um, I, you know, <laughs> we did have the USFL draft uh, this evening. And no Deshaun Watson. No, that, that. He, he was not in the pool yeah. of players. He was, wasn't on the player pool there. <laughs> he was not. But uh, Florida, I know it, it was because when Brian Flores was the head coach in Miami, there sure. was the connections of like, hey, we think that Watson and Flores, it sounds like and they wanted Flores to be now? together. Flores is now in Pittsburgh, and you brought up Mike Tomlin and that organization, mm -hmm. the Steelers, one of the better organizations in the NFL there, and they would probably be able to handle whatever backlash. And they're, they're, whichever team brings them in, there is going to be the sure. initial backlash. That's something that they're just going to have to get over. But if there is ever a place where your play can kind of – where you can have a prove-yourself – situation it's a blue collar city like pittsburgh it's a team like the steelers it's for a coach like mike tomlin and yes brian flores being there who was linked to him in miami uh i think definitely provides a possibility should the texans be 10 to 1 or 100 to 1 100 to 1 million a thousand to 1 <laughs> that's what i thought yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, off I, the board like I, I, o yeah. otb otb like, yeah, is what yeah. we should put the Houston texans because it doesn't sound like he will ever kind of like chris paul for mvp again. like yeah. you know unless Unless the bet is off for the board. Him, unless the bet is for him to be on the roster week one because he was on the roster all yeah, of 2021. Yeah, absolutely. He yes. just never went to practice and was inactive every game as they just burned a <laughs> roster spot. But he was on the roster. So make sure you read into the betting before you place any action into this market. Russell Wilson is in this market. And there are odds yes. for which team Russell Wilson will play for next. The Seahawks are minus 250 favorites for Russell Wilson. And then you have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 12 to 1, Steelers also 12 to 1, the Philadelphia Eagles and Miami Dolphins 15 to 1, the New Orleans Saints 18 to 1, and then the Green Bay Packers, Russell Wilson going back to Wisconsin 20 to 1. Do you see Mr. Unlimited leaving Seattle? Uh yeah, I do. And why is Washington not on this list? Because I I think that's the I think that's where he goes. I think that's where he lands up. It's from that area, Richmond, Virginia. I think that's where he ends up. Um, uh, earlier, I believe Brian McFadden, former NFL defensive back, uh, made some waves on social media because he talked about Russell Wilson to the commanders and said, quote, think about this. You have a proven guy at the running back position in Antonio Gibson. You have a star wide receiver at Terry McLaurin. Not to mention you have a healthy Curtis Samuel as the joystick of the offense. Logan Thomas at the tight end position. They're ready to win now. I completely agree with everything that he said. And at, what, 25 maybe to one? 25 to 25 one. That to seems one. like a juicy number, man. And they have the 11th overall pick, which they can offer to Seattle. So Seattle can draft a quarterback with the 11th overall pick. Russell Wilson's ending up in D.C. I'm really surprised at 25 to 1. Now, I know that Russell Washington did not make his list when he put out his, I'm not asking for a trade, but if <laughs> I were asking for a trade, these would be the list of teams that you could trade me to list. Washington, I believe it was Dallas, New Orleans, Chicago, and it was maybe New York, I think, was on that list or so. It was, it was uh, but Dallas, New York, and Chicago were on that, and Las Vegas. The Raiders were also on that list, and it looked like there was maybe he wanted to go places where they had good offensive lines or big markets, but 
No we Washington. All, we also have a social media post. Oh, are we getting cryptic from, again today? Yes, yes, <laughs> We're getting cryptic. yes. We also have a social media post <laughs> from Russell Wilson who tweeted out a picture or changed his Twitter profile picture. Which has always been him in a Seahawks uniform. To a picture of him in one of his prep uniforms in Virginia. I mean, social media has just given us so much content. The uh, <laughs> collegiate school in Richmond is him in his jersey there. Yep. His. It, uh, mm. You know, I, I think if it's not Washington. Let's place the bet now, Finney. He's going. <laughs> 25 to 1 is juicy enough. Just to throw a little couch money, He's little going. pizza money on it. I mean, 25 to 1, you can talk me into that. <laughs> Another destination, I think, is Philadelphia. With the three first-round sure. picks, Seattle sure. gave up all those first-round picks for Jamal Adams to get mm-hmm. him from the Jets there at 15-1. to 1. Now, I know the Eagles, they kind of like Hurts is what it sounds like, but, I mean, Wilson's a clear upgrade, and they have the ammunition to pull it off. Trade him to the Jets, get back Zach Wilson and those picks that you lost in the Jamal Adams trade. <laughs> <laughs> Russell Wilson could be on the move. And to me, I, I covered him when I was working out in Seattle, and he's one of the best Seattle athletes of all time. But it just feels like there's a little more friction there that didn't get solved yeah. after last offseason. Time for a change. Into this. It seems like it's time for a change out there in the Pacific Northwest. On the other side, we're going to set the table for College Hoops Conference tournaments. Talking a little Mountain West. Big game going on tonight here. It's the nightcap. Hour number three coming up. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.